Thanks for listening to this week's message. We want to hear what God is doing in your life through the ministry of Res Life Holland. If you have a testimony, please email us at info at To learn more about us or to contribute to this ministry financially, check us out on Facebook or visit rlcholland.com. Let's go ahead and get started. A um, few announcements. Youth group tonight, 8th eight, through 12th graders, uh, every Sunday night. Again, we're back on. We were canceled last week because of Mother's Day, but we're back on tonight at 5.30. United Prayer, Wednesday at 6 p.m. Guys, it's getting better and better. I mean, it's awesome. I met more people are coming. It's just awesome to have everyone come together and, and just pray for the church, pray for each other, back each other up. Uh, so again, that's Wednesdays, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Then we have uh, Res Kids and Junior High registration for camp this summer. Again, connect with Edith Velasquez for Res Kids Camp uh, and Adriana Elmazan for Junior High. Uh, and also we're having the fundraiser with the pop can drive. So you guys can see that there's a couple of bins out there. Just drop the cans in there. That money's going straight to kids to send them to camp. And last but not least, Powerhouse was launched last week, or for the season, it was launched last week. We had a hot dog roast, we had kids show up, it was just an amazing time for those guys. Sue Demers was telling me all about it. Um, If you want to join the team, please connect with Sue Demers, or if you want to be a part of it with your children of all ages, again, every Monday night at 6.30 to 7.30. So they bring a message, they bring some games, they have uh, some fun worship time, it's just a great, great time for everybody. So again, uh, every Monday night... Uh, from 6.30 to 7.30. All right, so when I was preparing for this message, I was really struggling a little bit. I want to be honest with you guys, okay? I was struggling because I'm like, God, I, you know, I'm trying to dig this stuff out, and God was reminding me on a constant basis, hey, Jesse, it's your overflow. It has nothing to do with what you think or what you're doing. It's about you listening and what, you're, what I'm putting in your heart. And when, that, when I fill you up, there's an overflow that comes out. See, that's for everybody, Okay? And so when I was, when I said, okay, God, what do you want me to speak on? What do you want me to say? And he was saying, hey, you're a work in progress. Did you know that? I said, okay, I know, but what do you want me to say? He's like, you need help. Okay, God, what do you want me to say? (laughs) I'm serious. I'm not lying. This is happening. This whole thing was happening. What do you want me to say? And he's like, you're a work in progress. He goes, and I want people to know they're all a work in progress. I said, ah, got you. And God was able just to kind of share some things with me. And I said, all right. So going to scripture, uh, Jeremiah came up, the prophet Jeremiah. And when I was looking at his life in, in my Bible, it's pretty cool because it has like uh, the history before it gets into, the, into the, uh, the scriptures itself. It'll talk about who was the king, what location, what year this was, um, about the person, their nature, who they were. Uh, it's just a good, good tool that I have. And so I was looking into Jeremiah and who he was and Out of the whole thing I read, I realized one thing. He was a very timid man. He was a very timid man. And you can see that in chapter 1, verse 6, where the Lord calls Jeremiah to be a prophet. Hey, I'm going to have you speak on my behalf. I'm going to tell you something, and you're going to overturn nations. He gave him this calling. And the first thing Jeremiah says to God, as he says, uh, uh, well, uh, I'm just a child. Who am I? I'm just a child. And so what Jeremiah was doing, he was already trying to disqualify himself from what God wanted him to do. He was very timid. He, didn't, he, he knew that he had work to be done in him before he could do anything. But God didn't see that. 
God values a heart. And so jumping all the way to the Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 1 through 6, I want to start here. And it says this. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house. And I saw him working at the wheel. Has anybody ever seen um, the wheel thing where, you know, you spin it in your leg and they're, you know what I'm talking about? What's that movie called? Ghost? Where they do that? Don't act like you never watched that movie. <laughs> Just you were in church. <laughs> well, at least you saw that scene, right? Okay, whatever. Let that one go. All right. Uh, going back, verse 3. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred, or in other words, it was ruined in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, and I love this part, shaping it as seemed best to him. Do you guys have the same translation as I do? Yeah? Okay, just making sure because I switched it last minute. Shaping it as seemed best to him. Okay? Then the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah. Can I not do you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of the potter, so you are in my hand, O Israel. And I love that because that's just a check. Just a check of who's boss, of who's God, of who's Lord, of who is the potter. See, so many times we want to shape our lives. So many times we want to do our thing and how we want to do it. And I love how Jeremiah was timid in the beginning of the scriptures, and, and God still had a work in him. But he also reminded him, even though he was going to give a word, he also reminded him and reminded me that he is the potter. And that he shapes what is not good, not better, but what is best for him. Best. Everyone say best. best. And you see that in Philippians as well. But we as Christians or we as believers are in the process of being changed into the image of Christ. In other words, what I'm saying is, guys, we are a work in progress. And the potter has us in his hands. And there are times where we try to veer one way because of maybe how we feel or what we want to do. But God will grab us and shape us to what's best for him and his kingdom. You see, I had plans when I was younger. Out of high school, I was going to go to the Air Force. That was my plan. Anybody remember that? Sean, do you remember that? I was planning to go to the Air Force. I'm like, see ya, I am out of here. Okay? I'm ready. I was, I was man, I was on uh, the Air Force online. I was watching Independence Day. I was just like, man, I am so ready for this. Ready. Kick some alien butt. No. But I was ready. I was ready, though, to just go. And I was, I was working out. I was running four or five hours a day. And I am not joking. I would run around the entire city of Holland because I really was focused and geared on what I wanted to do. And God called me and messed that all up. It's like clay that ruined. He says, I'm going to mold you into what's best for me. And he launched me to Bible school. And he had his plan. And so that reminds me, when I read this scripture, it reminds me that, man, I'm a work in progress. Because I, I was being worked in then, and I'm still being worked in now, and I'm going to be worked in tomorrow. All of us are going to be in that boat. But what he's doing is that he's shaping us to what's best for him. In other words, he's creating us every single moment of our lives to be closer to the image of Christ. Until completion and when Christ returns. He's getting us every day. We face these issues. We face some things because he's doing this. He's taking those air bubbles out 
I know one of those times in art class where I think I was, yeah, somewhere in high school, and we're making something. I don't even remember what it was. But before that, you had to take all those air bubbles out, all right? And you had to press it, and I, we had to turn it. If anybody's uh, artistic here, I'm so sorry I'm butchering this thing. But, like, you know, you had to press it, smash it, press it, do all that deal, take all those air bubbles out before you start clay uh, and, and molding something. But there are times where I feel like I'm being pressed by God. And, and, and turned and pressed because what he's doing, he's taking all that out of me every moment of my life, every moment of our lives. You see, in other words, we can't live the Christian life or in other words, we can't have a supernatural life in the natural. So there are times we have to remember who is the potter, who is the guy, who is the, who is the, the, the God that has us in his hands. So many times we want to live a supernatural life or a life for Jesus, but we want to do it on our terms and how we want to do it. But when we let it all go, there's a work in progress in us because we simply don't have the strength to do so. Are you guys catching up with me? You guys getting me right now? See, the only way to live that life of the supernatural or, or, or a life to, you know, allow God to, to split the seas or, 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 or crumble those walls is by allowing Christ to live within us and to work through us. So I have this illustration. Uh, Eddie, can you grab me this stuff real quick? I hope you guys catch this one. It was a little cheesy, but I think it'll work. I think it'll I asked Maddie, do you approve it? She said, yeah. Okay. So I went to my garage, and I had these working gloves. Okay. So this glove, okay, this glove right here is, is leather, I think, or might be pleather, but... It's stitched very well. I've worked with it for a little bit. But this glove was made to lift and to work. This glove was made to lift my Bible. So I'm going to look at my glove and say, okay, glove, lift my Bible. Come on, you were made to lift my Bible. Get to work. Well, that's not working. Maybe some teaching and discipling and encouraging. Hey, glove, you can do all things. You have the right amount of fingers. I can see some, some dirty marks. So you know what it's about. You got this. Lift my Bible. Nothing. Maybe this Bible needs some fellowship. So we're going to bring some other gloves around them. Okay. All right. And now all these Bible, or all these Bibles, all these gloves, all these gloves are around you, encouraging you, and we're having this fellowship. You were made for that. Nothing. But this glove was made to do work. This glove was made to lift. What's the problem? Well, the problem is for it to work requires a living hand to go inside. Now, the living hand is going to use the glove to lift the Bible. Okay? And what I'm trying to say is we were made, we're, we're a work in progress, but we were made to do impossible things. But with the spirit of God living within us, we will be used by God to do the works of God. So in reality, God's working, not us. We are yielding. God's working. Turn this back around. 
So you, you, look, at, you look at the fact that, that the, the globe was able to do so. See, we, had, we, were able to, we are able to do so as well. But for us to be activated to do God's work requires us to allow God to get in us and use us and, and you, him show himself through us. See, we have the capacity for it. We were made for it. But without uh, the spirit of God, we have no power for it. We have no power because we're a fallen and human condition. In other words, in the beginning, we're in the book of Genesis where, where sin came, we fell. All of mankind fell. The only way to live this out is through the Holy Spirit and allowing him to work in us because we are a work in progress. Everyone say, we are a work in progress. So in the midst of being worked on, in the midst of, of being a work in progress, I like to look at it as there's construction happening in us. God's building this thing. God's doing this thing, and he's advancing the kingdom of God. And our cornerstone or our capstone or our foundation is Christ. Christ. But there are three things that I, I noticed that happens during this time. And the first thing is that we are prepped, okay? Through God's working us. We are being prepped for his good works. Philippians 1.6 says, And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ returns. Going back, I love it how it says his work. Not our work. His work. You see, Paul's letter when he wrote to the Philippi, he shows that the work is being done by God and not by us. That's why he says within you, and it is his work that's working within you, because we are a work in progress. I was taught preparation time is never a waste of time, and that is so true. You know, sometimes we feel like we can be overprepared. I don't think we can be overprepared. I really believe we can be overprepared and just working ourselves out, but there's nothing wrong with preparing. So preparation time, in my opinion, is not a waste of time. You look at engagement and, and marriages. I'm about to do a wedding next weekend, and there's been this engagement season. And during this engagement season, there's a lot of prepping because they know a home is about to be created. I was able to do a lot of weddings the past few years, and, and every single one of them had this engagement period of premarital classes. Okay, we talked the fundamentals of, of marriage and how, how, how God destined and, and created marriage to be. All the way to the day we say, I do. And so during that time, they're preparing themselves to become man and wife. I was in that boat with Madi. We had this time and season where, where we were getting ready to be married and become one. But there had to be that preparation time, which was the engagement. Also, you look at, I remember when I was, in six, I was 16 years old and I worked at a, at a restaurant, like a high-class re restaurant in, in, in Saugatuck. I don't even think it's around anymore. But uh, I was uh, the dishwasher boy. But I would watch these chefs cut things up, prepare like six in the morning. And they allowed me to, to, to mess with them. So I would mess with the shrimp. I would cut it, take all that junk out and just prepare it. So when the orders came, the chefs were ready. See, they prepared in advance early in the morning. They prepared in advance. So when it was time, they were ready and it was game time. I also look at preseason. I love football. Okay. Preseason is like the first few weeks of football, and all these guys are trying to, trying to gain a job and stay in the team, and I'm judging. He's like, ah, I don't want that player. Yeah, we need that player. Maybe we can trade this guy or whatever. But these guys are preparing for the real season, so then they have a goal to win, to, to go by. And then there's pregnancy. There's a nine-month process of things. 
And there's that preparing. And not only is the baby being developed and being prepared for, uh, for it to come to this world, but the mom and the dad are probably also preparing the home and preparing the room and preparing everything because they're getting ready for a day where life comes. This life, guys, that we live right now is a preparation season for what's to come. And what's to come is eternity. So again, God is prepping uh, us for good works within us and working through us. But we have to acknowledge that he is the potter, not us. That he's going to be molding things in our lives, not us. Because what we struggle with is we struggle that it is his works and not our work that's working within us. Preparation time is never a waste of time. And then what that leads on to is, is de- he's developing us He's developing us to reflect him. We're being developed to reflect. Now, when I was looking at the word development or develop, um, it really struck me because development is not making an outward or upward progress, but it's reducing ourselves while Christ becomes greater in our life. You see, when we think of development, we think of something that's being built up. But in Christ and how he wants us, it's us decreasing ourselves so Christ can be built up. Christ can be shown in our lives. In John chapter 3, verse 30, it says, he must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. You see that through the entire Bible. Different accounts of, of the people, God's people in the Bible. I mean, you got like David, you got Mary, you got Paul, the apostle who used to be Saul. These guys are all work in progress. And what I loved about them is how they showed their life through scriptures, how, they, how they, their lives were very inspirational because they had a solid spiritual life with their heavenly father. And what was in common with all of these guys is that they made an impact in scripture because they faded themselves away and they increased themselves in Christ. You see, when they say no to themselves, they were saying yes to Jesus. They could have gone different ways or different opportunities, but they decided to say no to self and yes to him. And in the course of their life, they allowed God to work. We are always going to be facing these forks in the roads. You're going to have great opportunities. It's going to be there. But our thing is, which one's the God opportunity? Which one's the God door? Which way does he want? What does the potter want to mold me to do? This looks pretty awesome over here, but is that what God wants me to go or do? See, we allow him to continue to work within us because he wants to shape us to fit and to do what's best for him. See, developing can sometimes be uncomfortable, though. Let's be honest. I think pregnancy is a perfect example. My wife knew when we were having the baby, my, my, my wife knew something good was happening, but man, there was a lot of uncomfortable moments, especially at night where she couldn't sleep, she was tossing and turning and kicking. I'm getting kicked by the baby. I mean, it's uncomfortable, but the baby was being developed. Developed. And now that this baby came into this world, we want him to reflect good habits and God habits. It's like looking in a mirror. See, one of the things I have to do here at church is uh, uh, during the week is, is listen to myself. I would be watching myself if we had a camera, but I have to listen to myself And I have other men that speak in my life, one main guy that speaks into my life and holds me accountable, and I need that. But what he's doing is he's helping me to reflect more like him and less like me. 
And so while I'm here and I'm speaking, I'm going to go back to the tape or back to uh, rlcholland.com and I'm going to listen to my message and I'm going to critique and say, okay, how was this you, God? Which I believe it's always God. But there are moments where I try to reason things in my own mind. And then I'll have this person come into my life and say, hey, check. So, yep, you're right. And we'll look into it. But what's happening is, I, you know, we're being de- I'm being developed. I'm being developed because God wants me to reflect more and more and be like him and his image. And 2 Corinthians 3, 18 says, so all of us who have had all the veil removed, in other words, coming to Christ, us coming to Christ, can see and reflect the glory of God. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. I love when we go, again, from John to 2 Corinthians, uh, it's always about more and more, not just more, or greater and greater as he's increased. There's always that repeat. Because I believe that's how important it should be that, that Christ has shown more and more or he is increased greater and greater in our lives. But when you see that we are worked on, okay, we are being worked on to reflect his image. There are times where I don't have his image if I'm driving down the road and someone cuts me off. <laughs> or my kids wake up three in the morning. I'm being honest with you guys. We have those moments where we're not being the image of Christ. Right? <laughs> I see a lot of smiles, man. <laughs> no one, no one move. <laughs> Here's the thing. We're a work in progress. And there is those moments God is showing us stuff. I remember this one time, total accident. I'm driving and I was going to go to the next lane and I didn't see the car. It was like my blind spot. And I took it, but I saw it with the corner of my eye and I veered back in. I'm like, oh, the guy got mad. And we'll just stop there. But he got really, really mad. And I looked at my wife, and I'm like, are you okay? She's like, yeah. Pop. <laughs> Be careful on how you're driving. Like, yeah, I just didn't see the guy. But I had an opportunity. And a lot of times, my family's my accountability. So I won't make a dumb decision. But I've been, I've been alone out there, and I've had a choice to make. And I could either, what does that do? <laughs> we just do it anyways. <laughs> But no, I, you know, I, I want God to work in me. I want God to continue to develop me in character as well. Because I know I'm accounted for. We all are in that boat. We are all in the, those situations in one way or another where, where God is developing us so we can reflect him more. Will we be led by an emotion or will we be led by the spirit of God? Will we be led by a circumstance or will we be led by our faith in what the word says? The opportunity and those, move, those times that we face are just times of us de- being developed and being a, a, a reflection of Christ. He's giving us because he wants us to be more and more like him. Everyone say, I am a work in progress. And what this ultimately leads to is the completion in Christ. You see in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 through 10, it says this. And now, just as you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. I love that continue word. Just because you came to Christ doesn't mean it's all done and got a ticket to heaven. We must continue to follow Christ. There's a process that's happening. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. 
I'll say that again. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. When you think of growing roots growing down and us being built up, that's literally what he's saying is this is an inward and an outward encounter with Christ. Because when we root ourselves down in him and build ourselves up, rooting is us encountering Christ in our secret time, in our times of fellowship, in our times of when we're facing out or, or allowing everything to filter to the word. Build ourselves out is our character and who we are. So this is an, an, an inward and an outward encounter. Continuing on. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. See, taught is also a process. Taught takes time. My kids need to be taught things. And they're going to go through some things that are uncomfortable because I'm teaching them from what's best because one day I got to let them go. They're not mine to keep. And sometimes parents struggle with that. But in reality, how God created this whole thing is he wants us to let him go and advance the kingdom of God. Don't let anyone capture you with empty uh, philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete, everyone say complete, through your union with Christ, so who is the head over every ruler and authority. The, we are complete through the union of Christ. See, we may not be perfect. We're definitely not finished. I know I'm not finished, and we're definitely far from being done. But when we have union in Christ, that makes you complete. When you have union with your heavenly Father, you were created to do, and now have the where is it? Right here. Now you have the living hand within you. Does that make sense? Yes. And now we're able to, to, to listen and, and do what God wants us to do because it's not us working, it's us yielding while God works through us. And it could be as simple as a conversation. It could be as simple as a hug. Or it can be as simple as running a ministry or serving. But when we allow the living hand or the living God to live within us, Watch him take you to places. Watch you look at raging seas and have an opportunity to say, okay, God, what do you want me to do for this moment? Let's go ahead and close our eyes and bow our heads.